0: Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. Here it is, week three. The start of another week. It's our third week. We're looking at Matthew 3. In the third season. Season
1: three, week three, Matthew three. Let's round that out and read the first three verses.
0: Let's do that? that. I got that. I got that right here in the New King James version of the Bible. Matthew chapter three, verses one through three. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight." In one sense, the chapter break here
1: does us very little favors.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I get it. This is kind of moving to a new segment of the story, so I understand why, if we're going to try to make this into chapters and verses, which yeah. I very much appreciate. It does help us refer to Scripture more easily and remember it more readily. But I think the the negative side of this chapter break is that in chapter 2, Matthew was laying out fulfillment of prophecy this prophecy is fulfilled, that prophecy is fulfilled, that prophecy is fulfilled. As we come into this new part of the story, we're not moving to a new tactic. He is still saying the same thing. Let
0: me tell you about some more prophecy that was fulfilled. He is, and I really appreciate you explaining that in the way that you did. I I think so often we only talk about all the work that went into chapter breaks and verse assignments to like disparage it and say, I wish they hadn't made that break there. Not nearly enough do we say, thank you guys, thank you guys like 500 years ago figured out how to put in these chapters because it does make it easier to find things. It does. It does. So we don't want to just be haters. You're right. I, I usually am. Uh, it's just... Uh, we always say, I wouldn't have done it there. Yeah, you yeah. You scribe of a thousand years ago. I wouldn't have done it like you did. I heard a guy say one time, the, 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 the guy must have been trying to divvy up these chapters riding on horseback. <laughs> and, and 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 it bumped, <laughs> and that's why you put the every break time we, break, break, we put it. a chapter there, put a chapter, yeah, there. put a chapter there, put a chapter there.
1: Well, of course, you know the struggle is, is that the fact that since these guys didn't write it with chapter and verse breaks, as we try to do that, it's probably always going to feel a little bit artificial. It is. So we just need to remember: let's try to read it and read through, and not allow the breaks to um, destroy the the theme and yeah. cause us to miss that. Which and so here is good Matthew
0: is giving proof after proof of prophecy being fulfilled, and this is one that, that taken from Isaiah four. 40, right, T- taken from Isaiah forty, and what okay. he does here is he
1: backs up. He's been showing how Jesus the Christ, and his even his in his infancy, is fulfilling prophecy. Now he's backing up and saying, "Look, there's there's more to this than just this one fella I've been telling you about. Let me tell you about this other fella. Yeah. But let me point out to you." He's also fulfilling prophecy, and it all
0: comes together. And so uh, I guess the initial fulfillment, we might say, or the low-hanging fruit, is he is introduced as one in the wilderness of Judea, chapter 3, verse 1. And then when you get to the prophecy, there's a voice of one crying in the wilderness. So, hey, we've got a preacher in the wilderness. And Matthew picks up on that, and in case we don't pick up on it, he
1: just says, hey, have you guys ever heard about a voice crying in the wilderness before? Let me tell you where Um, you've heard um, about it. And in the scroll of Isaiah, perchance. (laughs) Let me tell you where you've heard about this before. In Isaiah. Now, of course, I can't give you a chapter and a verse for this one. (laughs) Because that's not been written down yet. (laughs) But it's in Isaiah. But But for us, we can more easily find it because we know it's Isaiah 40 and verse 3. If you start reading from the beginning, you'll find it before you're done. (laughs) However, we can find it in Isaiah 40 and verse 3 a voice, and this is the English Standard Version that I'm reading from. Okay. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And so there it is. The, the, he's saying, Hey, you guys remember this voice that Isaiah promised? Mm-hmm. He, that's what's going on here.
0: He says that, that this voice is going to be declaring a highway. For the Lord. Yes. It sounds like the Lord's coming down this road.
1: Yes, it does sound like that, doesn't it? That's very exciting. I think that's important. I don't think that it's saying he's preparing a highway to the Lord. No. He's preparing a highway for the Lord to come to us,
0: like or to a, come to them. Like a crier coming before, a herald, a herald coming yeah. before the, the uh, triumphant return of the king. Everybody move! That's exactly right. Get
1: out of the way! Get off the
0: road. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's back up here because I think that Matthew is not simply saying to us, here's a sentence in the book of Isaiah that I can put on an Excel spreadsheet and we can mark check Isaiah 41, 3, fulfilled in Matthew 3, 3. Rather, he's calling to mind this entire message in this particular prophecy, which for us is Isaiah
0: 40. There's a lot going on in Isaiah 40. So
1: let me back up and give you a little perspective on what's happening. If, if we go all the way to the beginning of Isaiah, we are told that Isaiah prophesied during the days of Isaiah, also known as Azariah. And
0: these are kings of Judah, kings of Judah of the southern
1: kingdom of Judah. Isaiah also known as Azariah. Uh-huh. Jotham, Ahaz. Hezekiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah prophesied over the reign of four different kings. Isaiah was a mostly good king, mm-hmm. uh, had the little smiley face on the timeline. <laughs> however, <laughs> at the end of his life, he fell into some pride and had some issues, and God brought a little bit of judgment on him. Jotham was a mostly good king, smiling. Mm-hmm. Um, however, he still allowed some of the high places to stick around, and it says that during his reign, the people still participated in some corrupt and abominable practices. Uh, Ahaz, Rotten, awful, frowny face king, bad, 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 very idolatrous. In fact, so idolatrous that God brought Syria, not a Syria, but Syria Mm -hmm. to judge Judah and to destroy some of the cities and to carry off a few people as captives. And what was amazing is that Ahaz, instead of seeing it as the judgment of the Lord and repenting, he actually doubled down on his idolatry and decided that the reason Syria won was because their gods must be better than ours. Mm. And so he actually pursued the Syrian gods even more after that. And so God just allowed the judgment to linger. Hezekiah comes along, restores, refreshes, renews, rebuilds, uh, repairs the temple, yeah, brings the temple. back the Passover. He's a very, very good king. Not good enough, not good enough, but he's a very good king. And it's during these days that Isaiah is prophesying. And honestly, it's as if to say, guys, you thought that the judgment that happened to Ahaz was bad. Let me tell you something's coming. Something's coming and it is going to be really, really, really bad. The Chaldeans are coming, the Babylonians. They're going to come and they're going to conquer this land. They're going to tear down the wall of this city brick by brick. They're going to destroy the house of our God because he's going to abandon it to them because of our idolatry. That is what's coming. Yeah. However, despite all of this coming judgment and discipline and punishment, Isaiah also prophesies... Hope. Yeah, comfort. Comfort. Yes, the judgment is coming, but that is not the end. There's more to the story than Babylonian captivity. Isaiah 40 is part of that message. Isaiah 40 is a part of the hope and comfort message. In fact, I'd like to read, I don't know, maybe the first third of this chapter and walk through it and see what Matthew is actually calling to mind. Isaiah 40 and verse 1: comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, her iniquity is pardoned. She has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. He says, This is what's going to come. Yes, you're going to receive judgment. Yes, there's going to be punishment, but there's going to come a point at which you can see comfort. And and there has to be in the mind of the Jews during the time of Jesus Christ the, the question, has this been fulfilled? Does this really fit what happened when Cyrus allowed some of us to come back home and we were able to rebuild the wall and rebuild the temple? I, I mean, we've still been enslaved to Medo-Persia and then to Greece. And I, yeah, under the Maccabees, we had a little time of freedom, but now we're back enslaved to Rome. Hmm. There must be something else that's coming. And that gets us to verse 3. A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. He's saying, look. The Lord has spoken. We need to prepare a way for him. This, this voice is going to lift up valleys, lower mountains. It's going to take uneven ground. It's going to make it easy. It is that idea of preparing an easy path for the Lord to come. In fact, we continue in verse 6. A voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? "...all flesh is grass, and all its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows on it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever." The idea is, look, people come and go. Yeah, They're born, they die. Sometimes they're judged by God. His breath blows on them, and the flowers wilt and wither away. But know this, God has made some promises, and he always keeps his word. Just because a generation has gone and another generation doesn't mean the promise isn't going to
0: happen. Yeah, and his word is a good word, isn't it? As this message is described continuing in verse 9, it's a glad tidings. It's a gospel.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead and read that, verses 9. I I want to get down to verse 11. Go ahead and read verse 9 to 11. So, O
0: Zion, you who bring good tidings, get up into the high mountain. O Jerusalem, you who bring good tidings, lift up your voice with strength. Lift it up. Be not afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, behold your God. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. And behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. Ultimately, the message
1: that he's crying out here is, behold your God. Yeah. What's the message that the the voice crying out is actually crying out? God is coming. God's coming as the shepherd, as hmm. God's coming as the
0: victor.
1: You know, and one of the things here this idea of behold your God, we actually have outlined here for us or or pointed out maybe is the is the better term that this voice crying in the wilderness is the one who's going to be able to point and say, "Look." You see yes. that guy? Yeah. That's him see your god i want you to see this is your god when matthew brings isaiah 40 just this one sentence. He's not just bringing that one sentence. He's bringing in the context. Well, look at all
0: this. Yeah.
1: He's saying, look, guys, all the hope and expectation that we have had as as Jewish people throughout history, since the prophets came, all of that is starting to take place. Here is the voice in the wilderness that is telling us our God is coming. Here is the voice in the wilderness that's actually going to be able to tell us, you see there,
0: there he is. Yeah. And that's exactly what God. John is. Yeah. That is exactly what John is. John is all John over does. this. Yes. John is all over this. It's a great, great beginning to Matthew chapter 3. Now, when he makes this call that, uh, get ready, repent, the people have a choice. I have a choice. Have a choice. I think we'll if talk a little bit not. more about
1: that tomorrow because there's more to this prophetic fulfillment. It's really amazing, actually.
0: Yeah, it really is. We hope that you'll join us for that. Why not uh, pop over to the Facebook group and see what's going on over there or send us an email? Text talk at org. Text talk at org. Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, thank you
1: so much for this new week that you've provided us, for this day in which we're able to talk about your word, for your word that we're able to talk about it. Thank you for John. Thank you for Isaiah. Most of all, thank you for Jesus. God in the flesh. Emmanuel, thank you for his life, for his death, for his resurrection, for his coronation. Thank you for letting us be a part of your kingdom. May we spread its borders far and wide. It's through your son Jesus, the King and our Savior that we pray. Amen. Ha, 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 ha.